0: All right. Well, uh, I am the tight pants that Riley referred to earlier. So, uh, yeah, they're not Nikes, by the way. No. Uh, um, so, hi. Uh, my name is AJ. Uh, I know. Hello. Some of you might know who I am, some of you might not. I'm a volunteer here at LifeHouse. I, I do a number of small things that you may never see, but I do, I lead our Life Track uh, class that we have, um, and, and so I love doing that, but I, I also get to come up here, uh, well, let me rephrase that, prior to today and my job being taken, I usually get to come up here and do the announcements. Um, so, um, but let's give Riley a hand, who was super nervous, but came up and did it, right. He did an awesome job. Thank you, Riley, for stepping in so that I didn't... Uh, he, uh, I got a text while he was doing the announcements that said, I think your job just got taken. So, uh, um, So, look, I know that some of you might not know me, and so what I decided to kind of start with is a bit of an icebreaker about me. So has anybody ever participated in, in Two Truths, One Lie? Yes. Right? Super simple. I'm going to tell you three things. Uh, two of them are true. One of them is a lie. We're going to see if you guys can figure out what the lie is. So I'm going to read all three, and we'll take some votes on what you all think the lie is. So uh, truth number one, I have gone down a 35-foot-tall inflatable slide in a cow costume. (laughs) Okay? Truth number two, uh, I worked at a skating rink for 10-plus years. And then truth number three, I once hit two home runs in a high school baseball game. All right. So... Rude. All right. Well, we know what, whoever that was thinks is a uh, lie. Okay. So who believes that I worked at a skating rink for 10 years is a lie? Is a lie. Who thinks it's a lie? All right. Okay. All right. Uh, who thinks that I've gone down a 35-foot tall inflatable slide in a cow costume is a lie? What did he say? Uh, Okay, Um, I'm not sure how to take that, Um, but okay, Uh, I got to be honest with you, I thought really long and hard about these, and I'm a little upset how much all of you think one of them is a lie, but uh, I once hit two home runs in a high school baseball game, is that a lie? Okay, all right, look, it was an adult slow-pitch softball game, but I have hit two home runs, thank you very much, okay, well, yes, you were all correct. That was a lie. I did work at a skating rink for a very, very long time. Um, I love skating. That was the worst part about my daughter getting older is that she doesn't get invited to skating parties anymore. Or I'm like, I will take you. I got it. It's me. I'll take you. It's all good. Um, I guess there are other downfalls as well, but mostly that I don't get invited to skating parties. Um, so, and then gone down to 30 foot tall. Yeah. yeah I worked at Chick fil A for like 10 years and I was the cow all the time. So, um, so I have. I lost the tail, so it took about 20 minutes to climb up the inflatable slide in the cow costume because the feet are like this big, and then it ripped the tail off on the way down. (laughs) But I have done it. So um, yes, all right, cool. So now you know a little bit more about me, and clearly now that you know all of that, you can trust my message today. So, uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, So if you can't tell, I do like to have a good time. I like to have fun. I like to laugh. Um, I like to make jokes, sometimes at the worst possible time. Um, But that's just who I am. So I felt like it only made sense um, for the title of my message and what I'm going to preach on today to be sin. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So today, we're going to talk about sin a little bit uh you know I, I will tell you this um i I started kind of digging into sin a couple of weeks ago i, I you know God really laid um digging into sin, not necessarily sin on my heart but um <laughs> but but he you know he he did point out how much I was poorly focused on sin and how much sin was actually not necessarily that I was sinning a lot, but my focus on sin was wrong and it was ruining my relationship with Jesus, right? And it was ruining what a relationship with Jesus is supposed to look like. And so, you know, sin is this uh, little big church word that we love to say, but we don't really like to talk about. And so, um, you know, today, look, for some of you, I'm not gonna tell you anything new, right? For some of you, I may tell you something you don't like. I, I don't know. Or if you disagree with it, you, you go ahead and D-R-E-W at lifehouse.info send me an email and we'll talk about it, right? But but look, this, over the last couple of weeks as I have spent time with God and in Scripture, mostly in Romans, you're going to find out today, um, and even just talking to other people, um, these these are sort of where God led me on sin and where I was on sin and where I should be on sin. And so, although this is a message about sin, my hope would be that when you leave here, that, that yes, maybe there are people here that are, that are going to be convicted about sin in their life, but mostly I I want you to leave here, not allowing sin to ruin the relationship that you have with Jesus and what you can do to combat that and, and, and be against that. And so, um, again, sin. Uh, I, I started off my kind of sin journey, it sounds weird saying that, um, but by asking people what is sin, and I got a number of different answers, and usually I would then try and be like, no, 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 but like, you don't understand what my question is. I need to know what is sin. Go. And and it was a different answer for everyone, right? Not Not like vastly different, right? But but that answer, I believe, looks different for everyone. So for me, the answer that I came to in seeking this is that sin is separation and rejection of God in a world that he created. Um, so I have a, a little illustration about that, right? So most, I say most people, a lot of people know that the, the word that we translate into the word sin, that original word actually means to miss the mark. It's all it means. So, um, I have this beautiful target that my wife drew for me. She's upset that the bullseye's is off-center, but don't tell her I said that. Okay? All right? I think it looks great. You can't even tell from up here, right? And then I have this highly skilled weapon that I took from Winner's Choice at my work. So if you want one of these, 300 points at main event. So, um, so okay. So what I want to do is allow some folks to shoot these arrows at me really quick. All right? So. Um so that I don't have to go too far, we'll uh, we'll start with Tara, my partner in crime at uh VBS. Um so if you'll just load up one one arrow, yep, just take yep. And it doesn't go all the way on there or else this will take like four tries. That that'll work. And then what I want you to do oh my goodness, okay. Uh, as I want you no, I need you to I need you to hit the target. Where'd she hit? Could be, some, where? The right there? The center, right? That's probably fair. That's probably fair. Okay, so like here? No, it was like right here. <laughs> That's what we tell ourselves about our sin, you know what I'm saying? No? Okay. All right, where? Right here? Okay, all right. Yeah, give it to Riley if he thinks he could do better then. All right. Right here. Right here. Is <laughs> that like right here? Yeah. yeah. That feel good? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Who else wants a shot? Okay, Shane, come on down, buddy. If I go too far, it won't work. Okay. All right. Last shot. Everybody, watch where it's going. I feel like you're a marksman. I can back up some. Try again try again try again, try again. try again. try again. Try again. Try again. Try again. It's okay. Maybe, maybe you're not. Okay, here we go. She's <laughs> <laughs> going well. This is good. No, this is good. Let's try something. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right, all right. Okay, okay. 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 All right. So, so we have our target, right? So the bullseye, and. Riley shot here, and Tara shot here, and Shane shot here. Right? Okay. All right. And so, um, what what we tend to do with sin is we focus on this, right? We focus on the sin itself, but where sin actually happens is right here, and right here, and and here, right? Okay, all right, so what I learned was I was super focused on what my sins were, right? Okay, super focused on what my sins were versus being focused on the separation between the target and what my sin was. And if you notice, the further away you are, the bigger and easier that area is to hit, the easier it is to sin, the easy, right? And so what I found was sin wasn't necessarily the thing I was doing bad. Generally, it was how far away I was from the bullseye. It was how far away I was from God, right? When I have struggled with a sin in my life, very rarely is it that like that specific thing is a struggle for me. It's that as I have more separation, there's more room for things to come up that could tempt me or that I could do or that, like, like I'm going to talk about someone that we also don't talk about a lot in church here. The devil knows how big this gap is, okay? And he knows when it is opportune to be in that gap, Right? He, he also knew for the last three weeks I was going to talk about this and he has made it very difficult for me to write this whole thing out. So what I found was the bigger the separation, the easier it is to reject him. And it's that simple, right? I'm done. That was it. Good. No, <laughs> so, um, so as we talk about sin today, what I want to do is, um, We did this at the beginning, so I figure we'll do it again to kind of introduce you to sin. We're going to do a little sin icebreaker, okay? So we are going to do two truths and one lie that I have discovered about sin through this journey that I've had over the last couple of weeks. So again, this will not be like an all-encompassing thing. But for me, as someone who struggled with sin, these are the things that, God showed me inside of that struggle as I as I worked through that. So, sound good? Two truths, one lie about sin. Here we go. Truth number one: uh, sin is the death sentence. Pretty pretty standard, right? Like we've all almost all heard Romans six twenty three for the wages of sin is death, right? We've heard this, right? But I think what happens is when we hear that sin is the death sentence, right? We, I, I almost, I say we, I, and maybe one of you is that, right? So um, I sit there and every time I sin, I think, oh, I looked at that thing I shouldn't, or I said that thing I shouldn't, or I did that thing I shouldn't, God is going to strike me down dead right now, right? I mean, that that's just like, it, it just, I, I think it, and I overthink it, right? And, and what I think people need to understand is yes, yes, the wages of sin is death. It doesn't specify what's in any of those kind of things. But when we talk about sin being a death sentence, um, I'm super sorry to tell you this. The fact that you are sinning has nothing to do with that. Your death sentence is a birthright. It it just is. The atheist of atheists you know has that same sin death sentence on them that you do. And so in Romans 5.12, it says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone had sinned, right? And so look, look, we're, we're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. It is our birthright. It is who we are. Sin isn't necessarily about the specific little sin that you have in your life, although you should... Pay attention to those things. I'm not saying that. But the death sentence that is sin, you can't, you can't do anything about. All of us have it. We cannot be freed from our death sentence just by doing the right things and following all the rules, right? Faith, not works, we've heard this, is the only way to be free from the penalty of that death sentence. It's not actually anything you do other than allowing Jesus to do what he does. Romans 3.23 says, Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. And those are not just our sins. That is the sin nature that is in you because the death sentence is a birthright. Uh, Just what, nothing you can do. And so... As soon as you realize that it's not specifically about the individual tasks or sins or things that you can do to work your way to, to get out of this penalty of sin, that gets you to the second truth, which was hard for me because it's the way I work. Uh, there is no sin checklist. You can't, if you're looking to just like check a box and get into heaven, you came to the wrong Savior. Okay? Okay. There's just, there's no list of sins. Now, don't get me wrong. Okay. Like, sure. There are plenty of specific things in the Bible that we are told are bad. Okay. Like, there, there, there is a list of things that, that are in the Bible if you want to go find them. There's like 615 laws or something like that, right? There's the Ten Commandments. There's even specific, uh, you know, verses that illustrate what a sinner might be. Um, in, in Romans chapter one, Verse 29 through 31, Paul describes uh, some of these things. And so there's lists, right? It says, their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. There you go. There's a list. Which sounds like a lot of us sometimes, right? And don't get me wrong, I am so very glad that there are things in the Bible that tell us, "Hey, this is not something you should be doing," right? Like I'm, like I get it. Like, hey, envy is a sin. Cool, but clearly he's jealous of my pink shoes, so (laughs) did he just sin? Right? You know. So, so uh, again. There is this list, but but if you're looking for a specific checklist every single day to wake up to and to go through, something like that, or even something like, from a Bible perspective, the law itself, can actually reveal sin in your life and give the devil the power to tempt you with it. So in Romans 7, uh, verses 9 through 11, Paul says, At one time I lived without understanding the law, but when I learned the command not to covet, for instance the power of sin came to life and I died. So I discovered that the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought spiritual death instead. Sin told, took advantage of those commands and deceived me. It used the commands to kill me. So that's not saying that having rules or having the law or any of that's a bad thing. It's saying that even something like the law will point out and reveal your sin And we'll give the devil an opportunity to tempt you with that. And so just having a checklist, it's not, it it doesn't work. It's not how we are. Like we as humans aren't real good with temptation and willpower in general, much less when it comes to like your eternal security, right? So I don't know if any of you are on TikTok. So, but there's a challenge on TikTok. If you've ever seen it, uh, it's called the Don't Eat That Challenge. And it's where a whole bunch of parents sit their kids down at a table and put candy and cookies in front of them, right? These kids were minding their business, like watching TV or playing or something. And their parents picked them up and said, hey, look at this good stuff. Don't eat it till I get back. And then they walk out of the room filming their child, like tempted to eat this candy, and but then they don't want to, but then they kind of do, and sometimes there's two, and the other one will try and help, and eventually they eat the candy, and then the parent comes back in, and it's like, oh, did you do it? And they're all excited for him, and they get lots of views and all that kind of stuff, right? But it's a perfect illustration of the fact that these children, before they ever know what it is, aren't very good at temptation and willpower, right? It. And so, when you want a checklist for your sin, that that is not what leads to where you should be trying to go as a believer, right? The Bible teaches that being a Christian makes you obedient, not that being obedient makes you a Christian, right? And so, as your relationship with Jesus grows, as you close that separation, that gap between you and God... Your desire to do the right things will also grow. And your ability to know what those things are will also grow. And they're different for everyone. Now, I get it. There are some straight-up similarities, right? But, look, there are people in this world that think the fact that I have tattoos right now is a sin, right? And I would pray that those people would never go get a tattoo. If that's a sin to you, please don't ever go do that. Right. There are people that think the fact that I am up here in properly fitting jeans and a T-shirt <laughs> is a sin. Right. It's just it's just I mean, there, there are people that so many of these things that one person thinks is a sin and another person thinks isn't. Right. And that's what trying to have a sin checklist leads to. It generally leads to one of two things. One, it leads to pointing fingers at others who aren't checking the same boxes you are. Uh, Romans two one says, you may think you can condemn such people, but you're just as bad and you have no excuses. And by the way, that verse comes right after the one I read really fast earlier with the huge list of all the things that we shouldn't be doing, right? So, and this has never been more prevalent than it is in our churches right now. We don't even have to leave our churches to get a good illustration of this, Right? Right? You're reading from the wrong book. you're singing the wrong songs. You're wearing the wrong pants. You can't wear pants. Your hair is too long, but no, it's too short, and you can't have a beard, but your beard looks dope. and right like it just like like we, we like we constant like every little thing. we are sitting here infighting and attacking ourselves because we all have a different sin checklist, right? Here's an idea why don't we let them work their sin out because you have plenty to work out on your own, right? And I want to be clear when I say this, right? I have a really fantastic relationship and friendship with Don Miller over there. And if I felt as though Don Miller, we did not purposely match today. It's just how close we are as friends. Um, so it, if I felt like Dawn was sinning in some way, that was hurting him and hurting others around him, I have a relationship with Don that I could go to him and I could talk to him about that. I am not saying just let your buddies willy-nilly sin all over the place. That's not what I'm saying, right? But here's the deal. I, there are people in this room right now that I do not know and I do not have that relationship with. So I'm I'm going to handle my my problems and the people I have developed relationships problems before I start pointing at what everybody else is doing. Right, And that's what a sin checklist does. It puts an expectation that you have on yourself on everyone else. The second thing it does is it leads to us beating ourselves up over not checking a box. Constantly beating ourselves up. Romans 3.20 says, For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. So all your checkbox is going to do is tell you you're not real good at checking the boxes. (laughs) Because sin is in your nature. It is your birthright. It's, it's. I, I'm really sorry. But it is. And so that leads us to our lie. And it is a lie that I told myself for a very long time. Very long time. Uh, I'm a bad Christian because I sin. Please, please stop that. You are taking a beating for something Jesus literally took a beating for. You, you, look. You're taking a beating for something that Jesus literally took a beating for, right? And, and here's the deal. I am not saying that to downplay sin. If you sin or you have sin in your life, which, like I said, looks different for everyone. Look, I'll give, I will literally stand up here and tell you some sins of mine that may mean nothing to the rest of you, right? Okay. If you haven't noticed, your boy's lost some weight. Um. And that is because sitting right there, God told me that the size I was was a sin because it was getting in the way of my worship. Um, because all I was worried about was what I looked like or how my shirt fit. Or di- so I was doing this the whole time, and then, um, instead, right? So I, I'm losing weight. That's not for everybody. That's okay. I'm not saying you have to do that. I am saying that if God tells you that, put the cheeseburger down, yeah. right? But I'm not saying it's not for everybody. It's just not for everybody right? Another thing, sometimes for me, I have to go into my phone and delete all social media, right? Especially when I'm trying to prepare a message, but all I can watch is TikTok, right? And don't get me wrong, gave me a great illustration, but I had to delete that thing. I had to, not all the time. I don't think that something like that is always leading me into sin, but there are times in my life it is, and I should be willing to take that battle and do doop, 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 right? Take it out of my life. So But here's the deal. Those are two things that there's people in here that do not battle with. My wife doesn't battle with those things, right? Because she's beautiful, right? And she's barely on social media. So she hasn't, those are not problems for her. So there are different things for every person that, that are sinning and that we're going to beat ourselves up about. So, but here's the thing about sin. The feeling of guilt when you sin is okay. It, It means that the spirit is working in your life. It means like you're going to sin. It's going to happen. We've covered that. I think we're all clear on that. So the guilt you feel when you sin means the spirit is working in your life. However, if you choose to live in the guilt and the shame that comes from that, you're then saying that the work of Jesus wasn't enough. So... <laughs> it is it is, it is a the guilt you feel when you sin is a sign that Jesus is working in your life. The shame that you choose to live in is a sign that the work he did is not enough. And so what we tend to do, and those are two words we like to use synonymously with one another, this guilt and this shame thing, but they are two vastly different things. That's why the guilt is okay, the shame maybe not. And the best way that I can tell you this is when when you sin, guilt guilt tells you you made a mistake. That's okay. You made a mistake. Shame tells you you are a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And, and none of us are a mistake. So sin. Sin is a war against ourselves, our nature, who we are, our birthright. It is a war against ourselves. And although... Every single one of us will lose a battle here and there. The victory is already decided when you say yes to Jesus. So I'm going to read a big chunk of scripture here, but I think it describes what we're talking about today. It's in Romans chapter six, it's verses six through 14. It says, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. He dies once to break the power of sin, but now that he lives he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Don, if you'll come on. Translation of that verse, real quick, easy, as I read that. Once you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you become the aggressor towards your sin. It isn't gone, but it loses its power. And so you are no longer identified by your sin, but by your savior. So as we kind of wrap up today and Dawn plays a song for us, um, I want to encourage everybody in here to be the aggressor, to fight and to battle against the things that you know are sin in your life, against the separation that you have from God, And understand that while he plays this song, if something came specifically to you and you need to come forward and fight. As we sing this song, I want to encourage you. If something came to your mind, come up here and be the aggressor attack it we can no longer sit back and just let sin happen right we've covered this morning we know what it is it is separation it is rejection and that looks different in everybody's life and that is okay because it also is in everybody's life and so i encourage you this morning to come up here and be the aggressor and fight the sin you have in your life. If you have someone that you can trust with that, go to them with that and talk to them about it. Have somebody that can hold you accountable. Because if you're living in the shame of some sin, and I don't mean maybe something you did before you met Jesus. If that's the case, definitely come up here and fight that. But I mean the sin that we have every day as we go about this life trying to do the best we can to follow Jesus. I want you to be the aggressor today, to go to battle and to leave this place with the joy and the comfort and the peace that is following a savior that has already defeated that sin. Because if you are living in shame, which I was for so long, and it wasn't anything major, like I was just the little sins that happen every day, I would be more focused on than Jesus. And so I want you to leave today with joy and comfort and peace about a Savior that has already paid the penalty for the sin that you have. That doesn't mean we don't fight it. It doesn't mean we're not the aggressor. It doesn't mean we don't try every day to remove those things from our life and and, and close that separation. It just means it doesn't dictate who we are. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you that you have paid the penalty for the sin in our lives. Not just the sins that we commit every day, but the sin nature that is inside of us, that we were born with, that that is our birthright. That death sentence has been squashed by a Savior that came and died and was buried and rose again. And my prayer this morning is that no one in this room would leave this place in the shame of their sin. If they feel the guilt of that sin, that they would come down here and be the aggressor. That they would not just sit there and fester in it, but that they would attack it. That they would know that this is a battle that they can win because the war has already been won. And that they would not just sit back worried what people might think of them and worried about what people might say, but instead they would know that they are in a house full of people that understand that struggle and want them to come forward, want them to fight, and want to fight with them. And that they would leave this place today feeling comfort and joy and peace in who they are in you and no longer be identified by their sin but be identified by their Savior. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.